Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Um, have you ever... I, I hope you, you can sense this, um, that there is... Um, there's music playing in the background. I hope you can sense that. Um, but it's almost over. Um, there it goes. Um, I am... Here's the thing. I think that God has done a lot in our midst in the last few months. And I think that God is going to do some more in our midst in the, la- in the next few months. And I think that at the heart of it is, is that, that little, I don't know, phrase or whatever, pray, disciple, serve. That's the heart of, of what I think God is sending us off towards this summer. And um, I'm really excited about it. And it's going to start... Uh, this week and start this week with with this sermon as we kind of dig into this idea of what it means to pray, disciple, and serve. Um, so I, I want to read a verse. So I'm trying to systematically read through the Psalms, and that's one of the things we'll talk about during this series and, and this morning in the summer. Um, and so I have a, a pattern of reading the psalm. So the month and the day give me the psalm that I'm supposed to read for, for that day. So today, being June the 3rd, uh, I, I, I wanted to read this psalm, and I read it this morning, and it jumped out at me and kind of becomes um, the, kind of the, the jumping point for us here. In Psalm 63.1, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as a, in a dry land where there is no water. Um, I want to, so that verse is up there. I want you to look at it. And as, as I talk, like sometimes when I read the Psalms, and, and we're going to read the Psalms a lot this summer, and I'm going to ask you and encourage you to read the Psalms on your own. I'm going to ask you and encourage you to read the Psalms with people. Maybe you're a spouse or maybe a friend or maybe somebody that you connect with that you haven't connected with yet in this church. Maybe you're, you're going to connect with somebody at a community group. And, but I, I want you, I want to encourage you to read the Psalms systematically this, this summer. Um, and this one in particular is, this verse just leaps out at me um, for f- several reasons. First is like, it's, I believe that, that my calling as the pastor of this church and your involvement in this church and willingness to call me your pastor, like the, the I don't know the, the biggest, but one of the biggest notions that I believe that my calling is in the middle of that is to, to spur you, encourage you, drive you towards a passionate desire to know God. Like there can be, there's, there's mission, there's evangelism, there's discipleship, there's all these different reasons that a church exists. But I think Fundamentally, at the core, the reason that, that I exist to lead this place and the, the reason that kind of we exist as a, as a body is to try to understand who he is and what he's got to say to us. And I think that this summer there's, there's a, a fountain of, of life that God wants to share with you about who he is and how you relate to that and how you, he relates to you and, and, and all of those things and to press in him. And I think that this verse sets us there, especially the first part. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. But the second thing that I want to say as we engage the Psalms this summer, for the, 
for the example, for, for desire to, to want to pray, to want to disciple, and to want to serve. As we engage them, we're going to come upon psalms like this verse that when we read them, make us feel hypocritical. Is there anybody here that's, that's, that doesn't feel this? Like right now, my soul doesn't thirst for you. I'd really just rather not. Or maybe you don't, you don't find yourself here right now because like for me in my heart and where I am, like I am, I'm, I'm thirsting for him. I want to know him. But if you had asked me that question three, four months ago, I'd be like, eh. So what do you do when you're in that spot and you come upon a verse like this where it says, God, my soul thirsts for you. And you don't. That's a crucial place to be. And what I want to say is that's not hypocrisy. And, and as you're, you're, you're proclaiming this, I want you to know that when David wrote this, he was running for his life. He was hiding in a, in a cave from the most powerful man in the world who literally wanted to kill him when David wrote this. And David, this is less of a reflection of what was in his soul than it was an encouragement to his soul to want to be this. It, I aspire to thirst for you, not I am currently thirsting for you. So I want to, as, as we dive into the Psalms, and this year, this summer, there's going to be times, hopefully, where you are alone with your Bible reading a Psalm, and I'm not there, or, or someone else, to, there, there's no... Uh, commentary that's there. There's no help that's there. It's just you and God's word and God. And you're going to need to know that, that this doesn't, this can, most of the Psalms are encouragements to the, to the soul, not reflections of the soul. Do you see the difference there? And so as you engage the Psalms this summer and as you pray and as you disciple and as you serve, and, and there may be a piece of you that just doesn't want to, let this guide you. Let this encourage you. Let this give you hope that there's more here. Um, I want to talk really quickly before we get into Psalm 1 this morning. And Psalm 1 is going to be the, the psalm where we spend most of our time this morning. I want to give six um, purposes for kind of the, the heart of this series. First, um, the first purpose as we learn to pray, is to engage the prayer language of the Bible. Has anyone here in the last week or so tried to pray and just really didn't know what to pray? Has anyone ever felt stupid when you pray? Thank you. Like, I can't... I, there have been a lot of things that have happened in the course of this church that give me courage and, and excite me, very few are as, as good as what just happened. That you guys would be willing to raise your hands and say, I feel, I just don't know what to pray. I feel stupid when I pray. And like the honesty that's there is, is really cool, but the Psalms are a guide for us to teach us what and how to pray. Um, a lot of times when we pray, we focus on our needs. Think about your prayers. We focus on the, the needs of ourselves and the needs of people around us, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
That's good to pray for your needs or pray for people around you's needs. But the Psalms, as a guide to prayer language, talk less about our needs and more about who God is. When we pray the Psalms and we get the prayer language, um, it becomes less self-focused and more God-focused. Eugene Peterson, who's a a brilliant guy, um, love him, wrote the, uh, the message translation of the Bible, and he says this, the prayer book of the Bible is the Psalms. Our prayer lives would be immeasurably enriched if we were immersed in the Psalms. Um, Tim Keller also writes something. He actually preaches from this, this thing that, that Eugene Peterson just said. But Keller also says this, that the think about language and how you learn language. We're all here as English speakers. Why do we speak English? Not rhetorical. Because that's what you were taught. How were you taught that? How were you taught English? Immersion. Right. And, and like, there, there are kids up there in, in Sunday school in the, the, class, the kids' classrooms who speak and have never been to a class to teach them how to speak. They speak English because they've been immersed in English. And that's, this is the same idea. Kids repeat back what they've, been, what they've heard. And the prayer language is us repeating back what we've heard. And the, the most fundamental place for us to find that is the Psalms. And that's a big reason for us to engage in the Psalms as we try to seek to, to have this be a summer where we're focusing on prayer and focusing on discipleship. We want to immerse ourselves in the prayer language of the Scripture. And here's the other thing. like When, when we read a Psalm, when you read a Psalm, when you're alone in your you're wherever you sit to read the Bible or wherever you're going to sit to read the Bible. When you're there alone, you open up the Psalms, you read a Psalm, and there might be a phrase that jumps out at you. What's, what's going to happen for you in that moment is you're going to want to read the rest of the Psalm because that's who, what we want to do. We're going to read all 27 verses of this Psalm. But I want to give you permission and more than that, give you encouragement to win a phrase leaps out at you that just kind of ignites your heart, stop and just consider it and immerse yourself in that language. Um, The second purpose for this summer is to reveal the character of God. Um, Our worldview is shaped by so many things. Um, It's shaped by culture it's shaped by art. It's shaped by media. Um, it's shaped by our environment. It's shaped by our parents. It's shaped by our friends. It's shaped by our jobs. And what I hope this series will do for us is our worldview would begin to be foremost shaped by the character of God. Um, Mia, hit that, that next slide. I want to. This is a, a color image. Uh, this is a spectrum of colors, and I wish. I could have found a, a better one or a cooler one, but imagine this is, um, imagine this is God. Um, and we can, we can tend to zero in on a color. 
But look at, like, go to the, the bottom where the kind of the blues start. If we move to the left, the blues get lighter and slide into light blue and slide into green. If we move to the right, they slide into purple and slide into pink. And so we can try to, to find and, and characterize a tribute, uh, an attribute of God, a character trait of God. But as we, as we think more deeply on it, as we see the, the grand picture of the character of God begin to be revealed through the Psalms, we begin to see that this is a big, wide spectrum. And as we have the wide spectrum of the character of God revealed to our hearts, we begin to have a worldview shaped by the character of God and less shaped by culture and media and things that can change. The third thing is that we would learn to systematically read through the Psalms. Um, A systematic reading of the Psalms creates this big picture that I'm talking about. Um, But also, there are um, there are several different types of psalms, five uh, large categories of psalms. They are lament, praise, adoration, wisdom, and royal. When I say royal, I just mean like kingly things like God is royal, God is king. So those are the different five different categories of psalms. But then there are subcategories under each one of those, lament, praise, adoration, wisdom, and royal. As we systematically read through the Psalms, which we will try to do this summer, we're going to, for the next 12 weeks, we're going to be talking about a different Psalm, systematically walking through them. But I'm also going to encourage you to find a way for you to systematically read through the Psalms. So you're reading Psalm 1 today and Psalm 2 tomorrow and Psalm 3 the next day, or you're, however you want to do it, but, but there's 150 Psalms in the Bible and you can read them and begin to see this big grand picture of God as you systematically read through the Psalms. Um, four, we want to learn about meditation. So meditation is something that uh, is rarely done, rarely practiced by us. Uh, does anybody have a, a practice of, of meditating? Less hands going up. One. And it was very sheepish. Um, I want to encourage us to meditate this, this summer. And it's not like transcendental or metaphysical. It's, it's not yoga. It's like it's not that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm saying meditate. It's just simply think and think deeply and consider and allow your mind to really consider the words that are here. Um, so... Uh, we're, we're going to practice that in just a second when we get to Psalm 1. But I want to give you uh, a few ways for us to, um, to meditate. First is to set alarms. Um, if you have a phone, pull it out. If you have your, like, a smartphone, an iPhone, or a Galaxy, or whatever, pull it out. Um, I know, I, I've only had an iPhone for a while, so I only, I only know that. So I'm going to pull up my my alarm app, my, count, my, my clock app, which has an alarm in it. Sarah, I know you have a phone and you're sitting there without it pulled out. I just called you out right in the middle of church. Um, so I pulled it out, right? And you can set alarms. You can set alarms to go out, go off at any time throughout the course of the day. What? You need remind. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, we'll find a reminder. That's fine. If you, if you have a reminder app, then go, go for your reminder app. But the point is you have a device near you at all times that you can set reminders, set alarms to remind you of a simple phrase. Maybe you wake up 
tomorrow morning and you read Psalm 23. Psalm 23, a really popular psalm. And there's a, a, a phrase that jumps out at you. Take a moment right then and there to set an alarm that says, the Lord is my shepherd. That goes off at, at 1030 that morning. So in a couple of hours, when your day is in full swing and life is happening, an alarm pops off and, and in your mind, you are once again reminded that, that God is your shepherd. And then you can think about the fact that God is your shepherd. And if God is my shepherd, he's watching out for me. He's protecting me. He's providing for me. And in that moment, you're, you're once again thinking about, meditating on the fact that God is a shepherd, a character trait of God and how it affects your worldview. Do you see how this is being shaped? And that like we have tools in, at our disposal that can, that can do great things for us. Hit the next one, Mia. Journal. Um, I, I, I kind of go in seasons of journaling. Uh, but uh, buy a journal, get a journal, um, and, and write. Just Maybe just a simple couple of phrases about something that God is saying to you. Maybe there's a phrase that's in your psalm today that really exploded in your mind, and you want to stop with that phrase and just think about that phrase. And a good way to process is to write down the things that God is, is speaking to you. So other ways to meditate. Hit the next one, Mia. Hit the next one, Mia. Post to social media with a hashtag pray the psalms i've been uh, i've been doing this for like three years and if you go through and and search hashtag pray the psalms you'll see several other people have done it but there's a bunch of stuff that i've done, done there where re- systematically reading through the psalms a phrase or a psalm will jump out of my mind and i'll hashtag it pray the psalms and so you can god is doing something in your heart god has exploded a phrase in your mind go to twitter go to facebook go to instagram and, talk, and, and post it, and then hashtag it, pray the Psalms. So we can all engage this and meditate on these things together. There's, there's a unity that I think God is beginning to, to, to knit into this church. And we're going we're gonna, to, by the way, we've had three community groups in the past. We're going to zero in this summer on one community group. We're going to have one community group where we're all together, and maybe it'll be big some weeks, and maybe it'll be small some weeks. We know that summertime's are busy and sometimes everybody can't make it to community group, but there'll be times where everybody can make it to community group. And this starting Wednesday at 6.30 at the Nyhoffs, we're going to have one community group. This summer, we're going to talk about the Psalms. We're going to pray the Psalms together. We're going to serve together and we're going to have discipleship relationships together with this unity for focus of being um, one community group. Hit the next one, Mia. Um, write poetry. Some of you are not poets. Um, I'm not really a poet, but I write poetry. Because things where God just, like, comes to me, and and I read, especially from the Psalms, because the Psalms are really just poetry. And so then they inspire, when you read poetry, you're inspired to write poetry. And, And it doesn't have to be good, and no one in the world ever has to read it. Even you. You never have to read it. But what it does, when you engage with the Psalms to write poetry after reading poetry, you begin to connect with the character of God. And that's the point. The point is not for you to create something beautiful. The point is for you to connect with the character of God. And that's, I want to just stop for a second from the sermon. And and, and I want you to think about that idea that this holy, wonderful, creative, perfect, incredible God desires to connect with you. 
That's, um, that's crazy to me. Um, hit the next one, Mia. What's the next one? I think it's think. Um, just think. Read a psalm and, and think. It's like God wants to connect with you, and, and he's given you a brain to consider and think. Um, as we meditate, we learn to think critically about who God is. Hit the next one, Mia. Talk with someone. Uh, one of the purposes of our pray, disciple, serve, the disciple is, is not just so that we can, you know, somebody is really advanced in their spirituality and you're not, and so you're going to learn to get pulled up to them. A lot of the way we're going to learn discipling this summer is to be like on the same level and engage with somebody. Find somebody that you know or trust or you want to know, you want to learn to know and get together with um, and, and be with them. And to meditate on a psalm is to just, hey, man, this phrase really jumped out of me. And we all have our, our phones again. Send a text to somebody every morning. Hey, this is, this is where I went today, my psalm, and this is a phrase that jumped out of me. This is really cool. Tell me what you think. Engage with people. Have the unity that God has given to us. Um, the last thing for meditation is to, before you read the psalm, pray. God, would you show me something in this psalm? Would you reveal yourself? Would you engage my heart with the character of who you are? Um, the fifth thing for us, the purpose of this series, is to give an on-ramp to discipleship relationships. Um, so, I said this last week, and there's some different people here this week. I want you, everybody, to look around the room. Look, look at a few people, two or three people in the eye. Well done. Everyone that you just looked at just heard me say, this is an on-ramp to discipleship relationships. So when you text someone that's in this room, hey, would you like to read the Psalms together with me this summer? That's not going to be weird because they're going to be expecting it. The weird thing would be if you didn't text them. So the point is, this is there's, there's nothing easier to be an on-ramp into discipleship relationships than a systematic reading of the Psalms. Hey, today, let's read Psalm 5. Hey, tomorrow, let's read Psalm 23 together. Or, hey, Psalm 23 is so rich, let's read it all summer long. Okay. And let's talk about it together. Let's send texts. Hey, I, I, I came upon this and I thought about this or I, I journaled about this or I wrote this today or all like engage with each other. God is bringing us together as a unified people. That's one of the reasons why we're having one community group this summer is so that we'll all be together in one place outside of Sunday morning where we all have this, this dialogue together so that on-ramps to discipleship relationships would begin. God's plan from the beginning of time has always been that we would be unified together, one, as he is one, so that we could be together and learn how to relate to him and, and learn about his character and his nature. And this is where God is taking us this summer. And the Psalms are a perfect on-ramp for that.
um, there's more help for this on-ramp to discipleship relationship. It's two simple questions. If you have a pen and a paper and you're writing stuff down, write these two questions down. These are really simple helps for you to engage in discipleship relationships. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a pastor to be in a discipleship relationships. Two questions to ask yourself about a psalm, a word or a phrase. One, how is God revealed in this psalm? As you engage in a, these are questions for you to talk with about somebody you're in a discipleship relationship with. How is God revealed in this psalm? Or boil it down a little bit more. How is God revealed in this phrase? Or how is God revealed in this word? Real simple questions to ask. This is not, you don't have to have some deep, incredible insight, but the word of God is in front of you. You have, if you have a smartphone, you have a Bible, you can have a Bible app. You don't even have to have a Bible, have the Bible app. And the word of God is in front of you, ready to, to explode in your brain to show you his revealed character. And a simple question, how is God revealed in this psalm? And then the, the second question is, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for us? And when I say us, it's uh, maybe Rick and I are in a discipleship relationship. What does this mean for me? What does this mean for us? But also, what does this mean for North Church, for us, or for the people that I'm in real deep community with. What does this mean for us? Just ask those simple questions. What, if the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for us? What does this mean for all of us? And then think, write, journal, consider the answers to these questions. And that's, that's discipleship. It's a first simple little on-ramp to discipleship. Um, the last, the sixth thing, to give people a chance to participate in leading us. So there are five weeks, five Sundays in July. Each one of those Sundays, our hope is that one of you will be standing here with one of these. Some of you are freaked out. What will happen is I'll come up and talk a little bit about vision and direction, and then you'll talk about, hey, Psalm whatever really met with me in this season of my life. And I'd like to tell you about how God revealed his character. And then just talk. So if you would like to do that, find me. Or if you would like to do that and you're a little bit nervous about it and you don't really want to find me, send me a text. And we, I, I'd love to talk with you about it. Um, but God is going to guide us unified to lead one another towards the nature and character of God. So let's do this in practice real quick. Um, Out of Psalm 1. I'm going to read the first three verses of Psalm 1. And then we're going to pray them together. We're going to journal them together. We're going to think together. We're going to meditate on them together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. Um, I intentionally did not do a lot of 
grammatical Greek word, Hebrew word study from this passage because I want it to be fresh for us and I want us all to be able to, to reach the shelf that the Psalms are on. And I'm not asking anyone to, to go to seminary this summer to engage with the Psalms. I'm asking us to simply consider what the Psalms say. Here's what I found um, from verse 1. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. I thought about this idea that um, what and who you allow to occupy your mind space matters. Let me read Psalm 1 again in light of that idea. What and who you allow to occupy your mind space matters. It has an impact. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. And then I thought about this, walking, standing, and sitting. What are the differences in each one of those things? If I'm walking with someone, we're kind of engaged in a relationship. If I stop and stand with them, we're engaged in a conversation. If I sit with them, there's there's a heartfelt engagement with them. And the tendency for us is to allow mind space to be in those three categories. Somebody that you're kind of walking with, that you have this loose relationship with, but somebody else that you'll stop and stand with. And who they are and what they think and how they view the world impacts you. And then somebody else that you'll sit with, and this, in my mind, is like a discipleship relationship where you sit and you allow them to speak into your life and they allow you to speak into their life. This is what God intends for with discipleship. And you are being discipled by people all the time. And this is... All of that that I just said is just really simple stuff that comes from just stopping and thinking about a verse. And this is what God wants to say to us. He wants you to stop and engage with Him. He wants you to walk with Him. He wants you to stand with Him. And He wants you to sit with Him. Then... Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Um, I wrote this prayer about this this week. And again, remember what I said at the beginning from Psalm 1, or Psalm uh, 63, where I'm thirsting for the Lord. Wait a second, I'm not really thirsting for the Lord. It's It's really more of an encouragement to my heart than it is a reflection of my heart. This is the prayer that I had for us this morning. God, help me, show me, encourage me to take my delight in reading and meditating on your word. God, make this true of me. It's really so simple. Like there's no deep, profound seminary theologian stuff that you need to have to engage with the Psalms. And a prayer is, my delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, wait a second. No, my delight is not in the law of the Lord. I don't, like that's hard for me to do. Okay. Great. Pray. Ask God to give it to you. He's faithful to do things as you ask him. And then the second part of this prayer is that on his law he meditates day and night. My response to this, my prayer for this is God, encourage me, give me a desire, implant the desire in my own heart to want to do, to engage your psalms in the morning when I wake up and when I go to bed. Um, It's... It's a a fact of, have you noticed that the things that you busy yourself with and concern yourself with when you wake up kind of stay with you through the day? 
And the same thing as you go to bed, they, you wait, if you go to bed thinking about something, you kind of wake up thinking about it. Um, I found that to be true, and I hope you have too. And this is what we can be working at this summer. Verse 3, we're almost finished. Uh, verse 3, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all he does, he prospers. Um, God is injecting his character to you as you read and study and engage the Psalms. The character of God revealed in my mind here in this verse is that God is good and God is giving. Look at, look at this. When we engage what he has written for us, how he's revealed himself, we become like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all he does, he prospers. I think about that tree planted by a stream and, and I, I consider, I, it may be in view, and for you, those of you who are artistic, draw a picture of a tree. And then as you're drawing a picture of a tree, think about it and draw a picture of a tree with, a, with fruit on it. And then think about how God wants to reveal himself to you and that, that God is good and God is giving. And then allow that to just rattle in your brain for the day. Allow that to rattle in your brain for today. Think about a fruit tree full. Apples so big they can't hang on to the branch anymore and they drop and they fall. Have you guys ever been to Eckert's before during apple season? The biggest apples are the ones that are like fall to the ground because they're just so big and so heavy. And then you like you want to find the right one and, and think about that those fruit trees. If you've ever been around a fruit tree, think about it. And then on, like see the revealed character of God. He's giving and he's consistent in his giving. You can go back to Eckert's right now and the, the trees are beginning to like the, the little apples are beginning to take shape. And then in the fall, you're gonna, there's going to be like these these big full apples. And this is, this is your God consistently giving, consistently being good to you. In spite of who you are or where you are, whatever it is that you're doing, here's the gospel piece of all of this. No matter where you are, what you're doing, the gospel is always there waiting for you. No matter who you are, where you've been, the word of God is always there waiting for you. And God himself is good and God is giving and he waits for you. There's a passage in Isaiah, I don't know the, the, where it's found, there's a passage in Isaiah that, that says, God waits to be gracious to you. That word gracious is to give. God waits to give to you. Know this as we embark on this summer. God is waiting to give to you. God is waiting to be good to you. Our, my vision, my hope, where I think God is leading us is for us to just put ourselves in his path and connect with him. Let's, uh, let's pray. God, thank you for these people. I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would stir up a, a desire, a passion to want to study and sit with your word. God, I pray that you would reveal your character and your nature to our hearts, God. 
I pray for those who have read the Bible multiple times in this room. I pray for those who have barely cracked their Bibles. God, I pray that you would bring our hearts, our our church, our people together this summer for this idea that we would would pray and be with you. God, we, we trust you and we give our lives to you. God, draw us now into your presence. God, may this be a summer where we pursue you. May this be a summer where we find you and sense you. And God, may you knit some hearts together in some deep and real ways this summer. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen.